Setting resolutions and keeping resolutions is so hard because they come from a place of shame. They come from a place of self-criticism and perfectionist fantasies. And we have these brains that don't want to change. They're going to actually make it harder for us to do anything differently. When we're goal setting, make sure that we're not setting should goals, goals from a place of deficiency in a place of not being good enough. Your resolutions should feel like a gift to yourself. Welcome to Is This All There Is, the podcast for high-achieving women who have checked all the boxes of success and are left feeling overwhelmed, unfulfilled, and stuck. I'm your host, Dr. Amanda Ryan Fear, and in each episode, we'll use principles of cognitive psychology, feminist theory, and expert mindset coaching to help you build the confidence and clarity you need to accomplish whatever it is you want, even if you don't yet know what that is. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome to Is This All There Is, episode number 49. So as I'm recording this episode, we are in the middle of December. We are smack in the middle of holiday season. My daughter is home from school for her holiday break, and she has a couple of friends over. So if you hear noise in the background, her room is right next to mine, and they're having an amazing time playing Roblox and screaming and yelling as they should. So just wanted to give you a heads up on that. I can definitely feel the holiday stress whenever I leave the house where people are like freaking out at the grocery store and traffic is crazy. I feel like just like the stress level out in the ether rises at this time of year. So I hope you're able to take care of yourself. I hope you're taking some time for yourself and conserving some of your energy for what matters the most to you instead of running around like a frazzled person. If you do find yourself running around like a frazzled person, reach out. Let me know. I can help you. That's one of my specialties is helping people overcome overwhelm. So anyway, as we round out the end of December, we are approaching one of my favorite holidays, which is New Year's Eve slash New Year's Day. So I love a good party. I have always loved New Year's Eve because there's such a feeling of togetherness, of we're sending out the old year, we're embracing a new year, we're hoping for positive change, whatever that looks like, and we're all in this together. Now, as I get older, we don't do as much for New Year's Eve. In fact, the last two New Year's Eves, we have celebrated East Coast New Year's, which is nine o'clock for us on the West Coast, and then we watch Hamilton so that I can stay awake for the three hours between East Coast New Year's and West Coast New Year's. So I think we'll probably do that again this year. That was a ritual that started with COVID when we couldn't go out for New Year's Eve, and it just is kind of stuck where we get cozy in our pajamas, have a nice dinner, and I stay up until nine o'clock, and then we watch Hamilton, and hopefully I don't pass out. So if you can relate to that. And I love... New Year's Day. New Year's Day always feels like a fresh start, and it feels like an, a, a chance to become more of the person that I want to become. So I used to make it a point to get outside and exercise every New Year's Day, whether it would be cross-country skiing or going out to the beach and doing some surfing or just going for a long hike. So I'm thinking 
this year I should start that up again. So anyway, I digress because one of the things that you probably think of when you think of New Year's is resolutions. And you might have a complicated relationship with resolutions. I think when we get to a certain age, we have set and not followed through on so many resolutions that we become a little bit jaded about them, right? And of course, there are the statistics that most resolutions fail. But don't lose hope, my friends, because I am a believer in the power of New Year's and the new year for helping you clarify your goals and clarify what it is you want from this one wild and precious life that you have. And I think that it's a good opportunity to capitalize on the momentum of basically everybody in our culture who celebrates New Year's, the secular New Year's. I know different religions and people who follow different calendars have different New Year's celebrations. But for the secular New Year's, there's momentum with creating this kind of change. So thinking about how to set New Year's resolutions that actually stick, and the reason that perhaps you have had resolutions in the past that you haven't followed through on, and how that's okay, because they're kind of set up to fail. So the first reason that a lot of New Year's resolutions fail is because they are based in a place of self-criticism. I know that a lot of people have resolutions around their bodies and fitness. Maybe the resolution is to go to the gym three times a week or to eat more vegetables or, I don't know, something more vague like get in shape. And those are all fine and good in and of themselves. Like I always have the goal of eating more vegetables and getting more exercise. That's a priority for me. But it doesn't come from a place of shame or self-criticism. However, if you feel like your body in and of itself is not good enough if you feel like it doesn't look the way you want it to, or you don't like the way that you look in clothing, and you feel a sense of shame around that, there's a should where you should look different, and you set a New Year's resolution to exercise more from that place of should, that's going to fail because there's no motivation for exercise in and of itself. So what I mean by that is, let's say that you want to lose 20 pounds in the coming year, and that's your resolution. And so you tell yourself, I'm going to go to the gym three times a week. And you start going to the gym. And every time you think about how hard it is and how much it sucks and how everybody else is at the gym because everybody had the same resolution. You're not going to stick with that because the drive for setting that resolution came from a place of self-criticism. It came from a place of, I'm not good enough as I am. I need to change myself, so I'm going to do this thing. And that's not something that's sustainable over time. Whereas the opposite of, I like how my body feels after I exercise, so I'm going to keep doing it. Do you see how the motivation behind that is different and how one feels kind of heavy and like a should, and the other feels more like a gift. That's how I like to separate out goals for my clients when we're goal setting, to make sure that we're not setting should goals, goals from a place of deficiency in a place of not being good enough, 
These goals should feel like a gift. And I think the same thing about resolutions. Your resolutions should feel like a gift to yourself instead of like, okay, I'm going to give up alcohol in January and it's going to be really hard and it's going to (laughs) suck. Then why are you doing it? If you're doing it because your body feels better when you don't drink, focus on that. Okay. So the first reason a lot of resolutions fail is because they come from a place of self-criticism and shoulds. The second reason a lot of resolutions fail is because of perfectionist fantasies. So perfectionist fantasies is a term coined by my mentor, Cara Lowenthal, and she describes as fantasies of being perfect. So it can be any area of your life. And it's believing that if you are perfect in some area, like if you lost 20 pounds, if you worked out perfectly, if you never made a mistake at work, if you never yelled at your kids, then you could finally be proud of yourself and happy. So once you achieve this perfectionist fantasy, you finally get to feel good about yourself and you finally get to be happy. What's really sneaky about this is that often you don't think you're being a perfectionist because your thought is never, oh, I need to be perfect. Your thought is, well, I just want to and I should work out five times a week. Or good parents don't yell at their kids. Or I just like my body better when I weigh less. You have all sorts of justification thoughts that make your perfectionist fantasies seem like reasonable goals. And yet you never achieve them and usually you don't even try. So you make elaborate plans to do them and then you never start. Or you start, and then the minute that you have a setback, you give up. So you set this really high bar for yourself, thinking that once I achieve this bar of perfection, then I'll get to finally feel good about myself. So that's another way to set yourself up to failure, because nobody is, well, I don't want to say nobody, but most people are not going to work out five times a week. Most people are not going to not drink a drop of alcohol for an entire month. Most people are not going to write a book in a month or whatever your perfectionist fantasy is. So again, check in with yourself and ask yourself, why do I want to set this goal? And be really on to your brain because, like I said, we don't often think, oh, well, it's because I want to feel perfect so that I can feel good about myself. But if you want to accomplish the goal because you think that finally your life will be complete or you'll feel good about yourself or you'll be happy, that's a red flag because once you lose the 20 pounds, once you write the book, once you go to the gym five times a week, you're still going to have a human brain. And as you know from previous podcasts, we're not meant to be happy all the time. We have about half of our life that's happy and great and half of our life that's hard. And so no matter what you weigh or what you've accomplished, That's not the magic key to suddenly being happy and getting to approve of yourself. You get to approve of yourself no matter what. So, two things that make resolutions hard, setting them and following them. First, resolutions that come from a place of self-criticism. Second is perfectionist fantasies. And the third thing is just having a human brain. So your brain likes comfort and stability. Growth is not comfortable. So setting a goal or a resolution, by the way, everything that I'm talking about pertains to goals too. I'm just talking about resolutions because 
that's the time of year that we're in. But if you're listening to this at a different time of year, I'm also talking about goals. So growth, growing, changing, doing anything different is not comfortable. And your brain likes comfort and stability because so far, everything that you've done hasn't killed you. But anytime you contemplate doing something new, that's when your brain throws up a red flag and makes it harder for you to change. So even if you want to, I'll keep using the example of eating healthier, if your normal is eating crummy, then that's your brain's comfort zone. It's going to be that much harder to change, to eat healthily. Your brain on its own will always default to what's easiest, which is expending the least energy, which is keeping things the same. So if you want to change your life, you have to basically go against your brain's default wiring and know that that's going to get hard. So (laughs) to recap, setting resolutions and keeping resolutions is so hard because they come from a place of shame. They come from a place of self-criticism and perfectionist fantasies. And we have these brains that don't want to change. They're going to actually make it harder for us to do anything differently because our brains are programmed for us to stay in our comfort zones. So check in with yourself once you have set your resolution. Check in with yourself and ask, why do I want to accomplish this? Why is this my resolution? If the resolution is eating healthier, just ask yourself why and be on to any signs of perfectionism, like wanting to eat healthy all the time. This is why I struggled with the Whole30 diet, if you're familiar with it. I tried it for the month of January one year, and I made it like two weeks, and I was like, this is too hard, because it's so all or nothing, and I didn't have the right reasons for it. So ask yourself, why am I setting this resolution? And be on to any shades of self-criticism or shades of, when I accomplish this, I'll finally get to feel good about myself. You can also check in with your body. Our bodies have so much wisdom that we just don't know how to check in with. So think about your resolution. Think about eating healthier. And see how that feels in your body. If it feels heavy and like an obligation, that's probably not the resolution for you. There are probably other resolutions you could set that would be more successful. If it feels light and if you feel a sense of excitement around it, set that resolution, set that goal, because that is something that you are excited about and you'll be much more likely to achieve it. So what if you have trouble setting resolutions? What if you're like, I don't know what to set, but I would like to set a resolution? This is an exercise I love having clients do is give yourself like half an hour to an hour in a quiet space where you won't be interrupted and list out 50 things that you want to be or do or have in your lifetime, not just in the coming year, but in your lifetime. Maybe you want to write a book. Maybe you want to run a marathon. Maybe you want to travel to Spain. So write out those things. And if you can't get to 50, that's okay. Most people can't in the first sitting. You can always come back to it because once you give your brain this job, it's going to be thinking about it in the background and you'll come up with things throughout the next few days. Add those to your list. 
And really, it's like the last 10 that are gold, because these are things that you're probably not even fully aware of right now that are things where you're like, oh, wow, yeah, I do really want that. I didn't know that I wanted that. So these are 50, 5 things that you want to be or do or have in your lifetime. And then you can work backwards from that list. So take what's most exciting to you and ask yourself, what habit this year can I instill to bring me closer to that goal? So if your goal is writing a book, maybe your habit is writing for 20 minutes three times a day goal is running a marathon. Maybe your resolution is researching marathon training programs and starting one. You notice how I'm not setting these goals super high? Like for writing a book, I'm not saying write every day for an hour, which I know is where a lot of you would go. That, my friends, is a perfectionist fantasy. Very few people are going to write every day for an hour And that goal is all fine and good if you can pull it off, but most of us would write for an hour on the first day and then give up. And that's not because there's anything wrong with us. It's just that writing at this point isn't a priority and we don't have the time for it. And that's a lot, writing an hour every day for a week. So ask yourself, what is the minimum I can do to get closer to achieving this goal? 20 minutes, three times a week, even 20 minutes, one time a week is going to bring you closer to the goal than doing nothing. Or it's going to bring you closer to the goal than setting an hour a day every day, doing it once and then giving up. So what's the micro commitment I can make this year to bring me closer to my goal? Maybe for marathon running, your micro commitment, if you haven't been doing any running, maybe your marathon running resolution is to walk for 20 minutes three times a week. So ask yourself, what habit, what micro habit can I do regularly that's actually doable, that's actually achievable, that will bring me closer to my goal? And that's your resolution. So hopefully this episode was helpful. Draw me a line. Let me know what your resolution is, what you've chosen to do. I'd be happy to support you. And if you want more time and energy to accomplish your resolutions and your big dreams, make sure you check out my to-do list overhaul worksheet. It's totally free and it's a system that will take you like 30 minutes to go through your to-do list and give you back about an hour each day and will teach you how to use your energy rather than your time to get things done so you don't feel so drained at the end of the day. I'll drop a link in the show notes for you to download that and happy new year. Hope you're well. If you found this podcast helpful, head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review and go ahead and send it to a friend while you're at it. Thank you. My mission in life is to liberate women from the limiting beliefs that are holding them back from living their fullest, most joyful lives. If you'd like to learn more about my work, check out my website at www.amandaryanfear.com. That's A-M-A-N-D-A-R-Y-A-N-F-E-A-R.com, where you can find links to join my free private Facebook group and learn more about working with me.